Hey homies, welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Queen podcast. I'm Lauren Page and I'm here with Heron. I'm so excited. We went to the same college together, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey Lauren, thanks for having me. Um, like you said, um, I'm Heron, which is so cool to be able to introduce myself that way. Um, as you know, and I know you know, um, you know, Heron is kind of a newly adopted identity for me after, you know, releasing music for the first time this fall. Um, so it's super exciting to get to actually introduce myself that way in a podcast. <laughs> right. Yes. What did you study at Belmont? Yeah, um, at Belmont, I actually started off as a commercial voice major and um, kind of like a long story about me is, you know, I think everyone that goes into um, commercial voice at Belmont is, you know, pursuing the artist path and the artist dream. Um, And I grew up in Nashville. So that was something that it was just always, you know, something that I saw as a real job. Um, And I was like, cool, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be a songwriter. That's you know, that's my plan. That's my path. So Belmont made so much sense. Um, and I actually, you know, kind of was able to use some of those Belmont connections in order to, um, sign my first deal when I was in college, which was super cool. Um, so that kind of pulled me away from being able to be really active in the commercial music program. Like I just didn't have time to go to choir practice. And, you know, I I was like, this is, crazy I'm trying to like do real sessions guys no offense and like <laughs> teachers being like finger wag c minus for you and so, <laughs> so I switched to entertainment industry studies um going into my junior year and I ended up graduating with that in a classical voice minor okay yeah I had the same major yeah. so <laughs> yes girl you know yes mark Bowman. Yes. and then they changed it to creative something I oh think- yeah it's a, um, cr- you can call it like creative inter- industry something or yeah. like travel and leisure. And I oh, remember I like sitting. Travel and leisure part. <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess like Belmont's trying to get more into, um, I mean, who's to say? Cause who, they're changing all the stuff. I don't know if right. they went through with it. But I remember sitting down with Schreiber because he was my academic advisor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you're interested in like, you know, like, tours and like tourism you can also be like travel and leisure and I was like no offense Dr. Shriver but I think that if I graduated with a BS in travel and leisure that my mom would absolutely shoot me (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's kind of left field you know (laughs) that's funny so what did you want to be when you grew up like did you always want to be a singer or an artist was um it was just always something that I knew I loved like when I was like baby baby my uh my Mm -hmm. mom had um my brother and I in like church choir and we would both like played piano and guitar um so music was like it for me um and I remember like but you know at that time when you're little like you're just like cool I'm a singer um but I remember um seventh grade carpooling into Nashville because I lived in kind of like a little bit of a suburb a suburb excuse me I'm tongue-tied but um called Brentwood and I remember the girl that I would ride to school with because we both commuted her dad was an A&R at Warner and so he would play these like CDs of songs that music publishers would send him for pitch for his artists and if he liked them he would like 
put it like pull out the CD and put it in the passenger seat. And if he didn't, he'd throw it in the floorboards in the back with us. And I remember being like, so mind blown. Like, why is Mr. H throw like keeping some songs and throwing other ones away? They're also good. What makes a good song? Like, and he just kind of would tell us, like we started asking questions and he would ask our opinions as if he actually cared what a 13 year old thought about the songs he was going to pitch to his artists. And it just got me so hooked on like what makes a great song. And that was really when I started writing and pursuing songwriting as a career um, and knew that that was something that called to me as opposed to just like singing in a choir. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really more what I chased, um, you know, kind of until I feel like I really locked into my sound. I was just writing with everybody I could and everyone I, um, st I still write with everyone I can mm -hmm. um, just because I love creating and there's no way even if I released a song a month for the next few years that you know there's no way I could put to use every song that I ever wrote so it's like why would I not do what I love every day and help other people tell their stories too right yeah that's awesome sometimes Thanks. I wish I could be a songwriter to be honest I'm like oh that just seems like just a I don't know just a warm but rewarding cool same time job and career path so girl do it <laughs> no I'm serious like I think there's and this is like a whole like soapbox thing but like I think just with you know living in big cities like Nashville and Atlanta and like we know so many people who do these things professionally it's like mm -hmm. I love cooking and dancing and it's like for the longest time like pre-pan I felt so nervous to like really do those things or like to post about it on social media because I felt like people would be like oh like she's a dancer now and it's like no we can just have fun being creative people and like yeah. that's fine we don't have to like be professional dancers you know right. yeah um so do it write songs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I definitely think that like especially like the title of the podcast and everything is just like we think everyone has to put us in like this box and we're just like and I feel now like the generations they're accepting that people are so multifaceted and so multi-passionate and everything but still I guess maybe human nature is to just you know be like okay you're this and that's like fine and you're gonna go with that kind of thing so your experience I've heard mixed reviews about just being an artist at Belmont or just in college in general so like was there a particular how did you feel being an artist in school because some people don't go to college and they just kind of start their career you know out of high school or in high school totally um you know I think from what I've observed it's really different for everybody um my kind of like freshman year best friend he, um, he's a lovely gay man. We both lived in LA, um, mm -hmm. like a street apart. And he dropped out after his freshman year, whereas I graduated. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was definitely the right decision for him. Um, there was, and like, he thrived once he, you know, wasn't in school and his art improved because he felt like he wasn't distracted by like these like, you know, daunting loaded tasks. Right. Whereas, um, there was one summer when I thought like, you know, when I had a couple cool offers and, you know, stuff going on where I felt, you know, it might be too much to juggle school. And I mentally was like, okay, I'm going to tell myself for the next month that I'm not going back to school in the fall and like, see how it feels. And in that month, 
I like genuinely don't think I've ever written worse songs in my life because like every time I sat down to write, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going back to college. So I've got to write a hit for it to make sense. Otherwise I'll be like, just like spiraling of anxiety and like putting this crazy pressure on myself to like justify, like not having a degree. And I sort of just realized, um, I was like, you know, if I have like the privilege to go to college, like for me, that was such a great kind of way to keep creativity creative while I was finding my sound. And um, also just like, I mean, straight up, I'm a little bit of a control freak. So it made me feel really good to like, you know, be sure I was like, well, you know what? I had a weird session this afternoon, but this morning I got an A, darn it. And like, yeah. it just like felt really good. So mm-hmm. I, I am glad that I graduated. Um, but you know, it's like I said, I know people who didn't and Mm -hmm. that was the right thing for them. So, yeah, I think college, at least in my experience, I don't know about you, you get to learn even more like life skills as well. Like I feel like those, I took away a lot of different life skills more so than, I mean, I did have connections and people helped me after college, but I feel like there's so many things that you learn, like time management, like talking to professors and professionals and all that stuff. And, and how was your experience? Do you think you learned a lot of like, you grew a lot of like life skills through being an artist and a creative in college? Um, I definitely grew skills. <laughs> um, I think I also, something I wasn't well equipped for that I think that I wish I had had training on um, was kind of, like, and I think this is just like kind of the way that the world has moved, like since we've been out of college is like this focus on self-care. Cause like when I was in college, I was like taking sessions all the time and back and forth between like LA and New York, like a lot of my classes were online and Mm -hmm. also like working at a boutique and taking like, you know, 16 hours and trying to, you know, manage all this stuff. Like I literally remember having what I now recognize to be panic attacks because I just like didn't have time to sleep and stop and figure out how to like, you know, be a person and work out and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something that I was very ill prepared for that I wish that um, someone had kind of tapped me on the shoulder and been like, hey, hey, like you, you got this, like take a bath. Um, But also by the same token, I think that, you know, all the skills that, you know, come with being in college of like, okay, like, how do we like buckle down and study for something or prepare for something that's in, you know, 12 weeks, like, even the same, you know, like the same exam mentality, like, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since, you know, I've played a show with the pandemic, but like, I remember like rehearsing with my band in that same kind of way and like making a quote unquote study schedule, practice schedule, like, Mm -hmm. um, and group projects, like, I don't know, the music industry is a big group project. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's like, you know, it definitely had the skills and especially the music school, like I'm grateful for a lot of the theory and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, would have loved, would have loved a little more like self-care stuff. Yeah. I think, especially when I think back to like things that need to be taught, at an early age, like even like middle school of just like self-care and just kind of paying attention to yourself internally instead of always like getting the grades and getting in like 
hustling after something but like being self-aware of like what's going on with you so that you can like overflow into like what you want to do or your friendships or your family and stuff like that so I definitely agree that like there used to be a shift (laughs) some way totally like especially with I mean even taking school out of the equation it's like you know you see these artists like um you know, RIP Juice World. Um, you yeah. know, all this, you know, amazing music that he was writing, like very clearly asking for help. You know, it's like pretty evident that no one on his team was like, hey, like, I mean, I don't know, because I wasn't in those conversations, but right. you know, like someone could have been like, Hey, so you're not okay. Cool, let's talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. let's go to therapy, rehab, yeah. whatever you need to do. Um, instead of being like, This is great, more of that. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely I mean, it's a business, so it's hard to not be like, yes, do your job, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like so clear that like, you know, if as artists, but like also as people, we're not like setting those boundaries for ourselves that nobody else is going to. Right. Um, so that's something I'm trying, I'm trying to like be really intentional about as like the world opens back up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. But I think as I kind of, rebranded and the niche of this podcast has shifted into just focusing a lot on kind of the growing pains of your 20s and kind of can be glamorized but also a confusing time I guess as you grow and evolve in your 20s how has your like artistry or the way you write songs evolved well first of all I love that about (laughs) your platform and I think it's so cool and so needed like today mm-hmm. um just because I feel like so many of the you know self-care books or whatever like aren't really written by people in our demographic which is right so cool. yeah um thank you granted I also don't read a ton so that's just kind of off the dome me being <laughs> like yeah that's a fact as if I know um but yeah it's changed a lot um you know as, as you know, um, I released, you know, some music under like my real name when I was in college, just mm-hmm. kind of as like a little bit of like a test run, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I'm not proud of that. Cause I think that they were like, you know, well-written songs, but like when you're not taking that like self-care time to reflect on like, okay, what's happening to me? Like what's going on? Um, you know, I feel like it's a lot harder to get like really authentic, meaningful work. Um, and there was just a lot of stuff that, you know, in this kind of that sort of frenzied time in my life, like really up until the pandemic that mm-hmm. I hadn't really processed to like, you know, my, um, you know, there's like a lot of toxicity and mental illness in my family and my dad's a super abusive person. Like, mm-hmm. and that was all stuff that I was, you know, suppressing and not thinking about but such a huge opportunity for like you know creating really awesome healing art like healing for me but also you know hopefully other people like I know that a huge reason that you know I pursued writing as much as I did were that I felt like other people out there felt the way that I felt and Mm -hmm. that made me feel safe Mm -hmm. um so it was it wasn't really till the pandemic that I was able in which for me was a month after graduating college, um, which was crazy. Um, (laughs) And like literally moved, graduated in December, moved to Los Angeles and it was like, boom, shut down. Mm. Um, But it was kind of like exactly what I needed from the universe to like 
process everything and just be totally removed from my hometown and like you know this like trauma I was sitting on and just like deep like do deep personal work and kind of like you know write from that place instead of being like oh yeah like there's like the word careless and like you could flip that around just say careless and like (laughs) making a song from like I don't know just like wit but no emotional depth Mm -hmm. um and I think that like that was something that well one I was really proud of um but two uh like on a lyrical level um but two I was able to kind of reconnect with like um you know the music that got me excited to write music and Mm -hmm. think like okay well like why do I like this sonic sound and be like, oh, because like a synthesizer tells you exactly how to feel. I should do that in my music instead of just deferring to whatever, you know, producer was in the room at, yeah. and what they did well that day, which is super easy to do as a young gal. Like, you know, I think it's easy to, and a creative, like when people have been doing something for a really long time, say like, oh, well, you know better than I do. I mean, yeah, you, this is your profession. I'm just out of college. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really cool opportunity to um, kind of hit the reset button and write from like a really intentional place instead of writing for product. And that's something I, I still really try to be intentional about. It's hard when it's like, you know, now it's like we're going everywhere and doing everything to some extent, but um, like I'll journal now and then like I'll go through with the highlighter on Saturday and I'll highlight parts it's like oh that's a cool lyric or like okay I'm writing a lot about anxiety but like you know what's what's the point what's the thesis statement yeah um, so just trying to like work from that place instead of you know letting the whole social media everything is content mentality right um, be in the driver's seat yeah that makes sense for sure. Cause I definitely, even though I, I wanted to stay in Nashville, but because of the pandemic and just not getting job offers and all those things that I was, I feel like taken out of that scenario and alone to like reflect and come into my own. So I definitely relate to that. Even though I, it's my hometown, I just feel like yeah. I become <laughs> brought out of like just I think I was just so into like what everyone else was doing in Nashville and like comparing myself and all that stuff. And so I definitely relate to that. But what you were saying about journaling, I love journaling. Yeah, I have a lot of journals like to the side. I have like multiple journals. Um, but I think that what you were saying of like that's what I love about just certain artists. I don't know. Ed Sheeran comes to mind, but that he like takes years off of, you know, not everyone can do that, but like he just has an intentional heart about his art. And I think that's why, you know, he's so successful is like, he thinks about it and it's not just like constant, constant, constant thing. Um, But yeah, I love that. And how have you always journaled? Um, no. Um, so I, this is something I'm newly into newly meaning like the last year and a half. Um, I am super duper ADHD, um, Mm -hmm. like paralyzingly. So, so Mm -hmm. I remember like trying to get into journaling, journaling, like after going to like some sort of like songwriting camp 
as like a high schooler and just sitting there and staring at a blank page and writing a sentence and thinking about something completely different and looking up and it's 30 minutes later. So (laughs) I was like, you know what, this just doesn't work for my life. And I realized as an adult, I'm like, that's silly. Like we can, I'm like, we can focus now. We can make ourselves focus. So I've come to just like, you know, a good kind of setup with like my medication. I'm like, cool. I'm going to take it 30 minutes before I'm going to make a cup of coffee and I'm going to sit in a room with nothing around. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No guitars in sight, no computers, no phones. (laughs) And that's really the only way I can get myself to do it. But I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I am ADHD. So yes, sometimes it was bad when I was really younger. I could not journal uh, at all. But since like college and stuff, it's very, very therapeutic in a lot of ways. And interesting to like read back on things. And I'm like, wow, I grew like, that's awesome. Totally. I would also love to know like the, I kind of know since I saw it on social media, but for anyone that yeah. didn't see of like the story behind your artist's name, like how did you come to that? First of all, before we go into this, uh, <laughs> do you know your Enneagram? I well, in college, I thought I was a, a two. I took the test, and like everyone says, like don't pay attention to that. But now I think I'm a four, so I don't know. Totally, I so see that. Sorry, just had to know <laughs> really quick. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Heron kind of came about from, I wanted to be sure that in this kind of new season of creating and the way that, you know, is more intentional and is more vulnerable, um, and kind of healing focused, um, that, you know, I wanted to give myself like that safe space to sort of remove my personal identity from any, and, you know, my family's identity, you know, like Mm -hmm. any partner's identity from the story in order to feel like completely creatively safe, um, writing about what was going on. Um, like it just didn't seem right to have like my real name be attached to something that's, you know, clearly about my brother and, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I needed to just like give myself that space. And I still haven't written, I would never write anything disparaging, but um, it kind of just allowed me a little freedom. Um, So I knew I needed to change my name for my art um, and was writing kind of with the idea of like, I don't know who this is, but this is someone. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought, you know, for months and months on like, okay, like what's a cool name? Well, I was born in the year 97. Maybe I'm blue 97 and like just like thinking of random stuff that like sort of made sense but also didn't um and it just sort of occurred to me one day um I sort of had like a little remorse on like why when I'm writing the most authentic you know like art of my life why would I take my name off of that and so then I thought you know that was a discussion I was having um and I would love to say that I came to the full name by myself but I was actually like straight up in the shower one day Mm -hmm. and my boyfriend was just like sitting on the bed and he's like hey you you thought about using your name and I'm just thought he was being totally facetious and I'm like you dumbass like that's the problem (laughs) like I was like yeah that's where we are and he's Uh like no like the part of it you haven't used yet but and I was like like my middle name do you want me to go by Margaret and he was like 
no, like, you know, like the back half of Catherine, you know? And I was like, oh, like, cause I had used Kat as part of, you know, my, you know, old art. I go by Kat to my friends and, um, and he was like, no, like Heron, like H-E-R-I-N-E. And I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And it immediately made sense to me because that was the part of my name, like even as a kid that I had gotten rid of um, just because it's like, you know, cat to me was like clean. It was polished. I always knew that like, you know, if I was going to be an artist when I grew up, like it should be easy to look up and to spell and, mm-hmm. you know, all this different stuff. And um, it just sounded a little beheaded in Europe, to be honest. I was like, okay, like, uh-uh, Catherine, chunky, no way, we're going to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also the whole thing of, you know, it is part of my name, but it's also sort of metaphorical for adopting, um, you know, some something that I initially saw as like a flaw, um, you know, as something that I want to lead with. Um, and that's kind of like how I try to write art too, like, um, you know, is less from a place of like, okay, this rhyme scheme is going to be perfect or like, oh, like I must like, we got to go in and Melodyne, like all the little cracks in my voice. Like mm-hmm. I kind of want to leave it because like there's something really beautiful about the humanness in that. So yeah. it just sort of made sense as, as the name. So <laughs> awesome. that's so good. I'm actually surprised Thanks. like no one has really thought about that. I'm gonna, like, that's genius. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> he my boyfriend Parker he's just like so smart (laughs) he's so much like in so many ways like he's like the exact opposite type of like creative as I am like my kind of thing is I'm sort of like okay like you know like let's start with something out of nothing and he's very his approach to life is sort of like no like let's start with what we have and make it beautiful and that's something that I really um admire about him and I'm trying to adopt more to into mm-hmm. myself so yeah. look up to that a lot that's good yeah it reminds me of like I put this in my Instagram bio on my personal account but it's like progress over perfection and like if we're just it's not always like that's what I love about art in all its forms like there's a little bit of something different to it. it's not completely perfect it's relatable it makes you like feel something and so I love that like you kind of came to that and also I'm intrigued by so many things but I kind of um want to know like how is like do you now see that you create boundaries in other areas of your life now that you have more boundaries like with your name and with your art yeah um you know that's something I'm jerseys working on as a person um I would love to say I'm better at it than I am Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's something that I've really tried to be intentional about um especially with like boundaries in my work schedule and like you know my personal life and just like giving myself that time to be like okay well yeah I do have you know five sessions five sessions this week so like sorry, best friend would love to hang out, but like, I need to just like take time and journal or Mm -hmm. like, you know, sorry, I'm having a hard night. And like, I just need to process that or even, Hey, sorry, I, I can't write today. I'm kind of like going through something. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are things that are, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say when it's like, okay, this is the dream, right? Like, don't we want to be just like 
all on all the time. Um, but that's, that's something that's really, it's still really hard for me, but, uh, but I love it. So (laughs) yeah, I think that's, I, that's another thing that like isn't taught in schools, like how to establish boundaries with job and family and friends. Cause you're, we're now it's more talked about and something like I'm exploring. Cause it's like, kind of like what you said earlier, like you can't give your, your best in the moment to your art. If you're not like fueled up and like, okay with where you're at personally and internally kind of thing. So I know we talked about it before we recorded, but the artist like Chelsea Cutler put out a post about social media and like how um, streaming has taken a turn for the music industry and comparing a lot of things and just hustle culture almost in a way. Like how do you, or how are you trying to move through like comparison and just kind of the rat race of it all? It's, this is something that's like, particularly trying on my heart um because it's like you know I've seen what it can do for people and businesses and it feels silly to not you know when you're trying to break your project like you know really invest in that and like with your time but you know the the truth of the matter you know if I'm it's hard to say it because it's like on one hand as it relates to being a consumer, I think it's incredible that you can listen to an artist from, you know, who's 18 years old from their bedroom in, you know, like Boise, Idaho, Mm -hmm. and, and they're your new favorite artist. And you didn't have to, you know, like go hear, you know, some million dollar recording on Spotify and, or like see a tour in their hometown or even, you know, like globally that's, you know, happening. Like there's so much discovery, but it nothing irks me more than like the amount of hours that I've put into for myself and other people, like making videos for phenomenal songs that are getting less views than videos of high schoolers, like shotgunning white claws in their parents' garage. And like, that is, it is just like absolutely ludicrous to me yeah. like it's it's nonsense so like I mean as an artist sort of like where I stand with it is like I don't know like I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself available but also I don't know I'm just praying that you know like at the end of the day you know in a cup of coffee cream rises to the top and um you know I don't know if it's a great cup of coffee here but yeah. I'm, I'm trying to trying to be the cream so mm-hmm. um you know I'm I've decided for me personally it makes more sense to you know spend that extra time you know like really honing my craft and learning different guitar inversions and um you know living life to write about instead of you know sitting in my room editing videos on a ring light um yeah. I do still know that that's valuable and I think it's great I would love for somebody in Scotland to like find favorite things or the next song that's coming out and think like oh my gosh like this is my new favorite artist ever she's speaking to exactly what's happening to me but um you know I I just don't think that like going viral is the purpose of art so yeah um I don't know we'll see yeah I think in anything 
what I've seen from people, whether it's in business or whatever it may be, that stability and like investing, even when it's like so frustrating. And sometimes like I'll have a little bit of this of like, why aren't people listening to this episode? I love this episode. Like, this is so good. I feel like people can take something away from it. And, but as I've seen from multiple creatives, it's like, if you just keep at it and you like, maybe it takes like five, 10 years to like fully get where you dreamed or imagined, you still stuck it, you still grew. And I feel like there's something to say with stability rather than like being viral. I don't know. That's just me, but totally. And you know, virility is such a, is that a word? I don't know. I was going to say it, but I was like, I don't know if that's a word. Okay. I really hope that that's like not something like medical. Um, but, uh, you know, like the thing about being, being viral is like, you know, to, to who, to whom are you being viral? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like having a lot of like likes and views is cool, but like there's a, there's a Lord quote that's like, she would rather, I don't quite know the numbers, but it's like feed the souls of 500 artists who are at her shows that know every single word to every song and rather than, you know, make a people pleasing album um, that, you know, sells a lot. And that's sort of how like, you know, with my, you know, mission in releasing music and not just creating it, like the souls of the people I want to be feeding, like, I do believe it will find them. Like the universe has its way. Um, And I would so much rather have like, you know, a song really speak to somebody and really help somebody than in not even like, you know, some like hoity-toity, you know, like, oh, like this is such a good thing that I'm doing kind of way, but just Mm -hmm. like, that it's like being viral is completely vapid if it's just, you know, like about the likes. So I don't know got to believe in that algorithm get it to the people who need it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because I have to always remind myself it's not about like the numbers it's about like the impact like you said it's like if you know one of my friends is like we're not super close but we were roommates at one point but she always is like I like always need like listening to your podcast like just helps me through so many things and like if it's just her like I did my mission, you know, I did something that I feel like I'm in my lane to do, to be in purpose. And like, that's all I ever want this to be, you know, is to help people and make people not feel alone. So. Yes, exactly. That's, that's exactly it. And that's like, I don't know. I really do believe that like that energy vibrates, you know, even electronic electronically, you know, like, that's why we're here. It's not for, for fame or whatever, but you know, I wouldn't hate if my records sold more than they are. So, (laughs) but as I was telling you before, I love favorite things. I, once I heard it, I was like, yes, this is my favorite song. Favorite things is my favorite song. So, um, I would just love to know like the story behind it and like how you wrote it and everything. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, (laughs) So it has a pretty interesting, like, tale. Um, So my friend, John Samuel, um, he 
we met over um, the pandemic actually in a Zoom session that was set up by um, a publisher in Copenhagen, which is like the most random thing in the world. And we were both in Los Angeles. Um, And anyways, absolutely terrible session. Um, But we became like really good friends just like online after that. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, and that was summer 2020, fast forward to March 2021. And I'm just kind of texting people like, hey, guys, I'm moving back to Nashville. Um, You know, would love to see you before I head out, but no big deal. If not, you know, like you have my email, we can still work on Zoom, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Kat, come over before you leave. Like I, sh- you know, moved into this place with a great new studio. Like let's hang and talk and, you know, maybe we'll write. And I felt like, okay, cool. Um, and went over there and straight up, we made like mutually the craziest song either of us had ever made after our one terrible, horrible session that we thought we would never work again. Um, and we were like, what in God's name just happened? (laughs) Um, so I got back to, and that was like the night before the night I left. So the night before the night I left, I came back, we wrote another song and I was like, all right, we got it. We got to do this again. And he's like, yes, come back this summer. We'll do like 10 days of just you and me and we'll make a freaking record. And I was like, okay. So everything that happened in that like two month period, I just sort of like wrote down and I wasn't writing a lot with other people um, just because like I really believed in what we were going to do. And mm-hmm. so I didn't want to you know, squander all those ideas on random sessions with new people I hadn't met before. Um, and so I kind of just like saved up that creative energy mm-hmm. um, and went back out to L.A. in July um, and I just like knew it was going to be a good day. Um, was like couch hopping for a bit, staying with my BFF sissy and um, got in the car and like stay by Kid Leroy. Mm-hmm. Um, had just come out. So I was like listening right. to it in the Uber and it was, it's like that super fast, like 180 BPM. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whatever we do today, it's going to be fast. <laughs> and we, I went into the studio and he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, major key turbo speed and he was like all right um and I whipped out my little book and flipped to the page with all the titles and then I was like oh and favorite things and he was like that's the one and we just sort of went with the story behind that which was um it actually was sparked by the idea of like one of my guy friends was telling me about his breakup with a gal and how he can't listen to his favorite record anymore because it just reminds him of like the time that they listened to it together. And I was like, there's something to that. And then I thought about all of the times that that had happened to me. And I had a bad breakup right before I came back to Nashville and sort of like how you have to rebuild yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had con- obviously just come back to LA um, in the last time I was there, you know, it was this breakup. So I was like, wow, I feel like such like a stranger to like this place because everywhere I go reminds me of this person. I need to like find my own you know, spots and make my own experiences. And it just sort of pulled from a lot of kind of that inspiration. But yeah, everything that's in the song we recorded that day, like I got there at 10 a.m. and we left at six with like a finished song, which was absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Um, 
and my friend JJ mixed it a couple months later because I didn't know after honestly those that whole 10 days felt like um really just like inspired and so I was a little stuck on like okay what do I release first and favorite things made sense to me after some reflection just because um you know I think I mean there's more to what I'm doing with my project than just break up makeup songs but love is so yeah like uniting everyone can relate to it that it just sort of felt like a good way to sort of introduce myself um but also kind of connect with people out of the gate so yeah yeah I think it was a good decision (laughs) I'm I'm happy about it so yeah Yeah. um was it hard for you to you said you moved back to Nashville right yes was it hard for you to move back home or like to your home state I guess yeah um I mean there was a lot that was hard about it um you know, being in LA during the pandemic was like incredibly financially stressful, just like to be fully honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I had this interesting kind of like itch to go back. Cause that's like where all my friends were. Cause I had moved out to LA right after, you know, right before the pandemic. So, you know, I have great friends out there, but not in the same way that I do in Nashville, where my college community and my family is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had had this itch, but I really felt like if I came back to Nashville, part of me would be like giving up on a dream in a little bit of a way. Um, and that it would feel like a step backwards instead of a step forwards. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't that at all. It was like weirdly exactly what I needed in order to be inspired to, you know, like make hair and what it is. And if I I honestly don't think if I came back, I know if I hadn't come back in the spring that I wouldn't have, um, you know, ended up writing, you know, the things that I did and being so vulnerable about it. Yeah, that's good. That's a good perspective into seeing like the good that comes out of it. And like, once you finally like kind of settle into where you are, you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. So thank you so much. But one of the last questions I would love to know is what's next? What, when can I have another song that I'm obsessed with? (laughs) Oh, you're literally the nicest. Um, so the next song, um, it's called worst that could happen. Um, and you're the first person I'm telling about that. So that's cool. Um, it's, I'm finalizing the mix, like tomorrow so that's mm-hmm. excited um not sure obviously we haven't sent it to distro because of that um but uh february sometime uh and it's kind of like from written from this place of i went back out to la again for like another kind of like you know couple days of working with john samuel um and we i just sort of realized in this kind of crazy way that like um my therapist has me do this thing that when I feel like my anxiety is like too much for me, I like fully go there. I'm like, okay, so what, what is the worst that could happen? Like mm-hmm. what, what's going to happen? And I just sort of realized that like all my biggest fears when I lived in LA were like, Oh, what if I have to like move in with my mom? And like, what if I'm like unemployed and like all the things that were making me anxious were kind of like my reality and I I just sort of realized I was like okay so like what what if you know like 
my music is unsuccessful and I live with my mom like like there's so many worse things that happen in the world like Mm -hmm. you know like after this last year we have like you know there's been so much like illness and death and like you know financial destitution for so many people and it's like you know that stuff is really hard but like you know if when we're left with nothing you know it like really like highlights and illuminates the love and the passion in our life mm-hmm. um so for me it's like a lot about that like you know i was fortunate to not you know have any um crazy crazy issues um you know in the sense that you know my rock bottom was still like pretty privileged which is really lucky um that i can't stay with my mom and things like that like i know a lot, not a lot of people can but um it's really, it's really an awesome song about like, and about like the light that gets you through those times when you're anxious. Um, and, um, kind of embracing that, you know, like when people we've lived through like so many worse things that happen, like as a culture and like the last couple of years. So like what really is like the worst that could happen then, you know, like let's all follow our dreams and like mm-hmm. do like enjoy our passions and love each other. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yes. Amen. <laughs> that. It sounds yeah. like you're going to like it already. So that's good. <laughs> it's, um, I need to kind of truncate the elevator pitch a little bit, but <laughs> you're, I mean, um, Hey, I'm not no music exact, but it's, it sounded good to me. <laughs> okay. Thanks girl. Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It's really full circle too. Cause like, um, I don't know. That was such a hard day. I remember like I've never cried in a session before. Um, and I remember just John Samuel being like so sweet, but also like so freaked out. And in my head, I'm like, I have $30 in my checking account and I need to like go back home. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> but no, it's like, I don't know. It's really exciting. I'm moving into an apartment next week and like can pay rent and like life is good. I'm pumped yeah. on music. And I don't know, it just feels cool and full circle. So 2022, it's off to a good start. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So thank you so much. But first off, where can we, where can we find you on social media or all the things? Yes. Um, you can find me at, um, all the social handles are at Heron official. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, on Spotify and like streaming, it's just Heron. Mm-hmm. um so yeah and also my website is like heronofficial.com and that has like hyper links to all of the socials and streamings and stuff um if that is an easier one-stop shop yes thank you so much again for taking the time out to do this I appreciate it so much thank you girl big 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 fan <laughs> thank you oh homies I hope this helps you with today tonight or tomorrow talk to you soon <laughs>